But it's no use, he says. Force, hatred, history, all that. That's not life for men and women, insult and hatred. And everyone knows it's the very opposite of that that is really life. What? Love, says Bloom. I mean the opposite of hatred. Hello and happy Valentine's Day. I'm Douglas Bowles and this is 42 Minutes, a podcast about meaning from SyncBook Radio and distributed by thesyncbook.com. You can find our archives at 42minutes.com and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at SyncBook. It's Tuesday, February 8th, 2022, which means it's time to look forward to Tree Fort number 10 and we'll do so with a fox. The fantastic Windy Fox. Windy Fox is the host of the long-running Radio Boise program, Tennis Court Disco. The perfect up-tempo soundtrack with a touch of magic every Thursday evening from 5 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, live on Radio Boise 89.9 and 93.5 FM, or at RadioBoise.org, to which we will link. It is super fun to be hosting Windy tonight. How are you doing? Well, thanks for having me. I am so excited to join you. I'm doing really well. Um, it's, a, it's a brisk February day, uh, but I did get some sunshine on my face, so I'm feeling very energized. Good. Energized. So uh, let's start with, well, how long has Tennis Court Disco been on the air? Well, surprisingly, uh, for quite some time, um, I've been doing that show now for uh, just a little over 10 years, wow. which seems kind of bonkers to me. <laughs> <laughs> Were you doing the show before it went on air as when it was just on the web presence? No, I did not do my time on the webcast. I, uh, lots of my pals did. Uh, many, many of the DJs at Radio Boise spent a good bit of time just recording into internet radio back when that was a real thing. And sometimes you have like one or two or three listeners in those early days. And then once we hit the FM station, um, we have a tower that broadcasts kind of way out in the faraway mountains uh, by the Owyhee um, protected uh, wilderness area. Um, out there in the desert, and it broadcast into the ta- into Boise and the greater Treasure Valley, and that started in 2011, and that's when Tennis Court Disco started. Um, I was just actually doing a uh, an interview about our 10 year anniversary, and I think my first show was on August 24th of 2011. So I've just uh, I I feel like I've got a lot of shows under my belt, and after 10 years, um, thankfully, I feel like I've got I've got it mostly figured out. <laughs> Well, so you you have such an interesting vibe to the show. I, is is there a way of, I mean, besides up tempo soundtrack, touch of magic? Is there, is there, how do you kind of? I noticed that when you do it, you often talk about, you know, like the other night you hosted uh, for good or for awesome, and so you were able yeah. to play songs that you wouldn't normally play because of that. You know, what is it that you, what you do at Tennis Court Disco? Well, what I try to do is, well, like any good, any good show, I think, or any good um, playlist takes the listener on a journey. And so it tends to be, especially where I found my real sweet spot is actually when I can connect with my own life and what's happening in my life 
at the moment and what's really speaking to me and, and the stories that are in the songs that are really resonating in my, in my heart, uh, finding a way to stitch those together. And like the show over the years that I've learned, I think of it more of like a topographical map where there's, there's lifts and then there's, there's gullies and it gets high and it gets low and it kind of explores through, um, you know, like indie dance and disco and electronica and sometimes like folk, not folk, uh, funk and soul and disco and like all that stuff. And, and these days um, there's, you know, the boundaries around how we define music are really blurry. And a lot of people that are making music right now make sounds that could be, they could have been recorded in the late 70s plus, you know, you, you like add the late 70s plus the 2000s and that makes a cool band. And it's, I love this kind of genre, timeline, sort of agnostic kind of music that just feels good. But what I try to do is keep away from songs that have a real negative sort of tone to them or real sad lyrics. There's lots and lots of music that feels really good when you're in a low moment. But I try to not play those on my two hours. And I try to focus on songs which tell that really uplifting story that tell a real, um, that just kind of thrust into the future with positivity for two hours. And some days that's hard, you know, I mean, I think you show up to a show and I really want to bring that energy and sometimes I don't actually feel that. And so that moment where I know I'm a performer, where I'm doing a service, my intention is to have a show like that. And, and as, I do, as I do it week after week, I find that the closer that I stay to that, it's not even like a formula, but I, the closer that I stay to the intention to be in that positive space, uh, the, the audience really resonates with it. But like you said, I, I got to sub for another show on the other day, um, a show called For Good or For Awesome. And that show can kind of go all over the map. So I, you can play like indie, really new stuff. Like, like those guys tend to break a lot of new indie, um, a lot like what we're here to talk about, uh, Tree Fort. And, um, but you can kind of play around with the vibe. And I can, you can kind of get a little sad. You can kind of get into a little emotional spaces. And so sometimes I like to, to go into those pockets. But uh, for my two hours, I've really, I, I've kind of sculpted it into a place where I'd love to be, I'd love to be remembered as a bright spot in people's week where you can rely on five to seven on a Thursday mountain time uh, to just bring a little bit of levity and bring some joy and bring positive energy to your life. If I can accomplish that, I feel like I will have um, done something good in the world. Well, levity and joy, the kind of music that you play during your breaks when you're talking. Yeah. What, what, so that stuff feels like uh, maybe on vinyl from the 60s, or there's, there's a, yeah. also a quirkiness to that, too. How did you find that? Well, you know, I think I've, I've dialed that in over the years. Um, I have a collection. I call them underbeds. Everybody calls them something slightly different. I just, that's what I call them, underbeds. Um, and there's a, I have a, maybe 30 songs that over the years I've listened to that I'm like, ooh, this is great. Ooh, this has a good vibe. Ooh, this feels really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like the song that I open with is the, I, I tend to open with the same song and close with the same song. Uh, the song that I open with is actually something from like the late 60s. 
um, from just a kind of a generic band that made music called the New Classic Singers. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's something that I just found in a compilation of like a lot of like, um, you know, like a lounge, kind of kitschy lounge music from the 50s and 60s. And uh, it's just so, so perfect. Um, it's just them sort of singing in harmony, the song called Call Me. <laughs> and it's uh, it's a little Pavlovian because now every time I hear it, I'm just like, oh, it's my show. <laughs> well, and then also in that same vein, um, I think it, I don't know, I, everything's kind of blurring together, but not long ago, I was excited to see Washed Out and you were talking mm. about game time decisions. And I think yep. I decided to to stay on the bench for this one. And so I needed to know how was the Washed Out show? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, um, you know, we all have to make those, those, those moment to moment decisions these days in the middle of a pandemic, we have to decide, do we feel comfortable or not comfortable? And that's kind of what I was uh, referencing about game time decisions. Do I go? Do I not go? Um, and I went and I am so thankful that I did. It was, it, you know, sometimes you, you walk into a space and it just feels like what you remember, but it's not like history. This is where like, it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly like it was before, um, but it was so good. Um, at the, the Elcor Shrine uh, in downtown Boise, where a lot of Tree Fort shows happen, um, when you get in a room with a bunch of people and there's a band on stage and it's kind of, you know, there's like the smoke in the air and the lights and just the vibe and the sound and the energy of the people, that is something that I have recognized during the stay at home that actually like charges my battery uh, to a pretty deep degree. And so the show for me was just, was just everything. Um, I sort of like the way I did the show, uh, I would tend to in a normal, say like in a normal tree fort show uh, where lots of shows happen there um, over the years, I would like push myself to the front. I'd want to be like right in the middle of all the people and just right in the, in the heart of it. And this time I just sort of hung around in the back. I kind of, you know, found a, found a little pocket in the corner in the back and I, it was dark and I just kind of let myself just dance. Like I just moved to the music, not really thinking about, um, you know, worrying about what people were looking at me or feeling like I had to dance in any particular way, but just letting that music just connect with my soul. Uh, to me, it was just, uh, it was rejuvenating. I felt I felt lighter and 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 happier after that than I'd been in a long time. So I'm sad you missed it, but um, it was a great show. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, so with some electronic performers, it's just one guy with the laptop. Did he have a bunch of musicians? I think he sometimes does. He does, yeah. And so um, there was uh, like a electronic drummer um there was a i think there was a real drum kit and some electronic drum kits uh there was a guitarist and he played guitar and he played synths and like definitely sang and there was many people that were singing at the same time um and they had a great sort of video backdrop that played a lot of um sort of looked like old vintage movies what kind of gave it that that real kind of chill way vibe where you're it's very nostalgic it feels kind of like I'm being in a memory while you were at the show it was great how I mean so it, that's a pretty big space were there quite a few people there um 
uh, both happy and sad to report it was well attended. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good and bad, but good. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. And I think, you know, one of the things um, particularly uh, that I appreciate, um, especially this is where like you decide where you, you should we go in, should we not go in? What's the vibe of the people around you? Um, the vibe of the people that were there um, I would say most people uh, had a mask on and at, and at minimum that made me feel a tiny bit more comfortable about being in that space with all the people. And um, if nothing else, like, you know, this is where like we're trying to figure out how to how to exist with each other and how to make good choices and how to how to stay connected. And um, it was one of those moments where I was like, I really know this show. I it, like I said it, it just it recharged me it felt it made me feel so good like I decided to take the risk I decided that I would put myself in a scenario where it might be uh, a little less safe than normal and uh, so far so good like I I uh, went through that experience um, had a great time was as safe as I could be and I think so far I'm going to knock on my desk uh, did not did not catch the COVID which is great. That is great. So like, that's, that's a nice segue into uh, your experience with the last tree for it, the fall edition. Um, yeah. And so I felt really confident after that happened. I definitely was really tentative during it. Like just there, I mean, there was a, I was second guessing myself a little bit, but um, yeah. on the other side of it, I really felt like they knew what they were talking about. The people were respectful. It, it worked out well and then the the omicron thing happened and so now i'm a little nervous again <laughs> but <I know>. so <laughs> how was so yeah i know uh, but it seems like the, in this town everyone's gonna have it by then so it's not even gonna matter <laughs> um how was your tree fort nine wow um it was so spectacular um again um for me what was it would be, September in Idaho is kind of a magical time. Uh, the weather couldn't be any better. It basically never rains in that time. <laughs> it's like 85 degrees. The sun is mostly shining. You can ride your bike home in a thin jacket. Uh, it's it's pretty rad. So that 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 environmental stuff and the energy of being at the show at all the shows was just so magical. And I think, you know, one of the things that was for last Tree Fort, um, I think there was a lot, we were still, that was in September of last year. And, you know, there was still a lot of mixed feelings about gathering in spaces. And I think there was a lot of social pressure to not go. And I decided maybe about a week before Tree Fort to just be pretty public and pretty out there that I was gonna go and to try to put and tried to add a little bit of social pressure to the experience where we just, we needed to ask our friends and ask strangers to just be their best selves, to, to practice as safe as they could, uh, being at a music festival, to um, think about others, not just yourself, um, and to, to, be, to be as safe as possible. And that social pressure at that time actually worked. There were a lot of people that did similar things where they just outwardly said on social channels and otherwise in other places just to, to challenge people to, to wear their masks, to be safe, to distance, to wash their hands, you know, to, to do all the things that we know to do now in the pandemic. And 
miraculously the social pressure worked and um, people were their best selves. And I, there was a couple of shows that I went to that maybe, maybe contained more people, a few more people than I would have liked not being their best selves. But <laughs> uh, for the most part, all the shows were great. Um, well, um, well, felt, I felt very safe. And the music, it kind of was again, like coming back, seeing people connecting, um, you know, just that kind of vibe and energy that is so prevalent at Treefort. Um, it's that real, there's a com real community vibe um, where you get to see all of your friends again and then meet new people because a lot of people from out of town come in and it's such a cool vibe. And so last year was great. It really sort of cracked the, cracked the experience open. And I think this year in March, uh, coming up here in a month or so, is just going to be another spectacular experience. And maybe I'm just projecting onto it because I want it so badly, but <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be great. And uh, the last year was, you know, the, they brought some really big headliners in. They switched the schedule. They usually are in March, the end of March and uh, in September, we're able to continue to bring in some great bands. Um, lots of the forts are happening. They, there's such a such an array of fort options, um, and many of those were available to experience. So, I don't know. I'm ho I'm hopeful that ten is going to be the best yet. Well, so now, let's see. I'm trying to think. So this should actually be eleven, shouldn't it? Did we missed um, one, right? They just didn't do it. They canceled it. Yeah. Um, so, so it was twenty. 20 there was the yeah. year without a tree for it mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it was that you know i think we all that we all there was something really missing that. that year for sure like yeah this year's not right because one of my well, main things didn't happen yeah <laughs> yeah the stay at home had just sort of happened right when um tree fort was kicking off and you know they had to really as a team make some pretty difficult decisions because it was really that that space where it, we hadn't yet been told to stay home for sure and you know there was this big shift for people to really social distance at a very deep level and they had to decide should we go forward with tree fort or not and you know they very graciously chose not to go forward with it and I think all the decisions that immediately followed that supported that is the right decision and it was so hard and so weird and we all got through it, thankfully. Most of it, well, those of us that didn't, you know, pass from from the illness. But um, you know, I think we've all learned to to survive through isolation and and connecting with our friends and loved ones in new ways. Uh, it's made um, remote work uh, a real possibility for a lot of different people that wasn't really there before to miss that time and during the stay at home. Um, but Last year was great. I think this year's going to be better. Uh, you know, I think we're, I'm hopeful that we're maybe, maybe it's, a, I mean, who knows? This is where it's, like, it's impossible to predict. Anymore. Yeah. Are we on any crest? I don't know. Um, I just, I'm, I'm interested in, in finding those moments and, and, and connecting with people again, even out on the street. Like that's one really magical thing about tree forest is just you can be outside and have the magic. <laughs> well, so much of it's outside. And I thought last year they did a really good job of having a lot of open air stages that were really close. So there was the one um, over by, oh boy, uh, Woodland Empire that I think- Oh yeah, the that was a new one. 
Yeah, the musicians were calling it like the barbecue stage or something (laughs) because the sun was just beating down on them up there in the stage. Like they needed to like do it the other way and have the stage facing the street or something so that they're not like in the sun. But uh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. a lot of pop-up stages like that for sure. And and I think I would imagine to expect similar, um, similar things happening. The Radio, uh, Radio Boise stage was right yep. in that same little area too. Yeah, and so that was great. Yep, and you're gonna, uh, you know, anyone who was interested in checking out Radio Boise Land, or what's called Radio Land, Radio Boise stage uh, this year, it's gonna be very exciting. Um, you know, we're gonna be, uh, the stage is actually gonna get to be set up near the Safari Inn, or the safari, where the Safari Inn Hotel or Motel used to be, right on the corner of 11th and Grove. Um, we're going to have a, a more formal space. It's going to be very cool. Uh, we've already started thinking about um, how to structure it and what the experience is going to be like, and I think it's going to be rad. So uh, everybody come on by the Radio Land stage. Yeah, there's a, a little sneak peek into So we're we're still early, and like oh, yeah. there's no schedules yet, or so there's lots of lots of things that will be you know, we'll have to figure out which is part of the fun. But um, before we do that, you know, uh, we need to find out how many tree forts have you done? Well, uh, I'm here to report. I have attended every tree fort since the beginning of tree fort. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it's been amazing. Uh, You know, part part of what's been cool about watching tree fort blossom is that it really started around the same time as Radio Boise. And, you know, there's, there's the synergy that happens when, you know, two different kinds of ideas are emerging together. And uh, Tree Fort blossomed and Radio Boise blossomed and together we could really, and have really created uh, an enhanced and a better music scene. Um, you know, much thanks to Treefort for calling attention to Boise um, and bringing artists here and putting us on the map. Um, in the early days, it was, you know, there was some really amazing shows. And as they were trying to figure out how they did Treefort, you know, sometimes they bring in really big bands, um, really big headliners, um, you know, bands that I was just like, wow, I can't believe I get to see Sharon Jones perform on the main stage while it's knowing and oh my gosh she's amazing uh i was so thankful to be able to see her uh, before she passed um it was just it was one of those shows where you're like wow this is something special and they brought in some really big uh headliners in the early days and then they sort of figured out you know how to how to balance um bringing in sort of more middle career not necessarily top of the headline uh kinds of artists in the spirit of exploration where um, Tree Fort has been about bringing up and bringing forward uh, lots and lots of music that you might not have heard of, but that probably you're going to like. And that's also Radio Boise's kind of thing where um, our DJs bring in, um, you know, music that's um, underrepresented, um, that's new, that's independent, uh, that's just coming up uh, in the indie scene that you don't hear uh, on the top 40 stations or on any other regular station. Um, and so you come to Radio Boise for discovery and you go to Tree Fort also for discovery. And uh, this year, 
they've got some really great uh, bands that I think are the, at the top of the ticket and then all the way down um, to some of the locals. I think we've got a really special lineup this year. Yeah, it, it looks very promising. Um, something that, that, that the Tree Fort people were doing that I thought was kind of fun is they had, so this is Tree Fort 10. Um, yeah. And so they have 10 posters now. And so they had, they were taking pictures of all these 10 posters. And so that's kind of like a, a walk down memory lane too. But like sure. Sharon Jones was year two, which seems pretty amazing to, because yeah, because that was an amazing show. But then the year after that, it was Run the Jewels. And... Oh my gosh! Right? Oh. Yeah, I know. Like, how did we get that? I mean, that was just that. That was such a treat for us here. Yeah. Um, so, and they were saying like, what are, what are your memories? And so I'm, I'm asking you when, as you think back, you know, um, you look at the 10 posters, what are some of your 10 year memories that, you know, are just burned into your brain? Mm. Well, one show that, gosh, and this is me not remembering my history very well in terms of how to put it in time. Uh, a show that I was really, really excited about um, was to see Matthew Deere. Uh, he played the Knitting Factory, and I think it was like four or five years ago. This is where like time, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's rough. Uh, but his show, I've been listening to Matthew Deere as a independent, as a musician for years and years and years, and seeing him perform live to me was pretty otherworldly. Um, in my town, in a space that was really well done, and it was just. It was pretty spectacular, um, you know, and I think one of the shows that I saw, uh, oh my gosh, see, this is when I, sometimes when I start talking and I'm like, what was her name? Mm -hmm. um, that, let me remember, um, she, uh, geez, uh, she's kind of, the, she does a hip hop thing based in the UK. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. at the main stage. Yeah. That was so, Kate's so powerful. Tempest. Kate, Kate Tempest. Right? Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you for having a great memory. No, I don't. <laughs> but thank you. Uh, Kate Tempest was amazing. Like what happened on that day, it was a Sunday. And, um, you know, when you think about the pacing of Tree Fort, Sundays can sometimes like in the afternoon, you're like, wow, I really made it. I made it to Sunday afternoon. And she played the main stage and I actually cried during her show it was so moving it just there was the way she was the songs her performance the the crowd like we were all so connected to her it was it was amazing I um I won't forget that show ever now that I but I could forget her name apparently uh Kate, <laughs> sorry Kate um I hope that amazing. that name's right it feels it was, right yes. she's still it doing was. stuff too she but I think she yeah, there was that that she had that big kind of theme album that all was one. There were many stories that told a larger story. Yep, and that was really it was very timely and it was very of the moment where I think we were. I was feeling you know a little politically out to sea, and we weren't really sure what was happening, and you know a little a little sad about where our country was at, and she just had the perfect way to summarize that into music which is why I love you well it's one of the reasons why I love music but um her in particular like she just really touched a moment and I 
you know, it's one of those shows where you look around and you realize we're all there with her and we're all in this moment together. And we all shared that, that energy of just being sort of cracked open um, emotionally. It was, it was amazing. I Thank had that you. experience with a band called Widow's Peak and I don't know what year that was. It was early, early, I think. They're amazing. Um, they are amazing and they have a brand new album out right now that's really good. Well, maybe it's not out yet, but it's, it's coming out if it's not out yet. But um, it's being all dribbled out. There's been some singles. I've played some singles. Um, uh, there's, there's a song that they just put out called Everything is Simple. Uh, and the, the opening line is everything simple till it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so true. And it's like they, they also just can they can touch those emotional spaces just like no one else. But that's the, yeah, like what you were saying about the big headline or is versus like, uh, I think I've heard Eric Gilbert call them like middle class musicians, but like yeah. he's trying to say people that don't have giant amounts of fame, but they've been playing so long, they're so good. And you just walk into any room and you're blown away. Like I was blown away by Caroline Rose the first time I saw her at Tree Fort. Um, I know. And she's coming back. And she's coming back this year, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you just like a uh, discovery of amazing artists. Let's switch yeah. gears for just a second, and I want to know what what the heck was Priscilla, Queen of the Desert at VAC, and what role you played in that. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good. That's a good pivot, but it fits into the in the theme of bringing joy and positivity to the world. Um, I get to work with Alley Repertory Theater Company uh, on occasion, um, and I got to work on that show, which was such a pleasure and like such an honor. Um, Buffy Maine, who's the artistic director of Alley Rep, had somewhat of a fever dream, I would say, during the stay at home. Uh, she and I found a rhythm with each other. We've been friends for a long time, and you know, during the stay at home, we had this weekly walk on Tuesdays where we'd walk um, in on the green belt uh, outside with each other, catching up, still having some sort of semblance of schedule. And um, during that time, she came, she just was like, Wendy, I think, I think I want to bring Priscilla queen of the desert. And I'm like, cool. Okay. Um, rad. That's a, a big show. That's going to be really, really fun. Cause we, Allie likes to do um, big, holiday shows and holiday shows that are accessible holiday shows that tend to have singing and dancing and performance and, and all kinds of good good stuff um, and this year she wanted to do Priscilla and so if you remember the the original movie the, the musical Priscilla Queen of the Desert is based on the movie the premise is that um, three friends and drag queens drive across the desert in Australia and they're going to meet uh, one of the drag queens kids um, that he had when he was younger and hadn't met yet and so uh, most of the show is it takes place in the adventure of them going from where they are uh, in Sydney to um, the smaller town and uh, all the places that they visit along the way and then the story uh, in the musical gets told through singing, through actual songs. And so I think the show itself had, I don't know, something ridiculous, like 32 songs, 
literally from the beginning of the show to the end of the show, which was like two and a half hours, there were like 32 literal songs that all the singers and performers and actors did and performed for the audience. Uh, it was done in two acts. Um, my part in it was uh, something that I've done with them several times, which is uh, be a costumer. Um, I love solving big puzzles. And to me, costuming a big show like that is like solving the biggest Tetris puzzle you've ever played because uh, it involves understanding the characters, understanding what the characters would wear, understanding how that happens over time. And then especially the quick changes um, this time around, I got to work with several great designers, um, particularly uh, a woman named Shante Hammond. Uh, she was the primary designer. She came up with three or four of the primary looks that you saw through the show. Uh, my official job was costume director, which ultimately just means like work with the designers, make sure that we've got everything covered to actually be there and execute on like throughout tech and just to make sure that all everything's going great through the show. Um, I also got to work um, with uh, a man named Dugan, who was our choreographer. Uh, and Dugan also came through a very clutch on a couple of different looks where we needed to really solve for a few things that didn't work in our initial vision. And then you show up and you're like, okay, this character has to be wearing this and leave the stage and two seconds later, come on back. Uh, in something really, really magical. And um, those quick changes are so, so hard. Uh, and he was so, so clutch there. Um, you know, he is a uh, Dugan Jackman. Sorry, I forgot his last name. This is my brain at work. Um, Dugan is amazing. Um, and his husband, Ben, um, was in the show. And Ben, when he was doing drag, uh, was, uh, his performance name was Miss Fire. And Ben brought a lot to the to the show as well. And so between Shante and Dugan and Ben and Buffy and I, uh, we costumed like a ridiculous number of costume changes and moments. And um, it was a blast. Um, one of the hardest things that I've actually done in my life. Um, you start projects like that and you're like, great, this is so exciting. This is gonna be so much fun. And then you actually like, hit the articulation of actually standing it up in front of an audience and wow it was a lot of it was a lot of details um a lot of costumes uh i think at one point we had 13 people on stage at one time singing and dancing in various costumes <laughs> and then they come and go throughout the show um and uh sam stimpert made a bus there was a bus because they travel across the desert in a bus and uh, Stan Stimpert actually made a bus that was a beautiful thing, like a fixed bus that was on stage. That was an actual piece of the stage that was a big prop um, that worked great. Um, and Buffy had such great vision around how to use the space, how to transform the space as they actually move through the desert. Cause it's really just on one stage. This is the magic of theater. I think the, where you can take your imagination and how you can move characters just with a simple curtain or with a box change or a lighting change, um, you can tell that story of transition. And, um, and then we supported it with um, crazy costumes and lots of fun. So um, to me, the, those kinds of projects where I get to collaborate really deeply with uh, performers working at the top of their game and artists and technicians at the top of their game, that was another thing that felt like a return to the 
my former life and the joy that I loved uh, so much before because I hadn't worked with those guys in a long time we hadn't put any shows on Ali hadn't brought a show like that uh, since the stay at home and so uh, to get to work with everybody again um, there's just an amazing team um, Chaz and Brianna and Blake and Sam and Buffy and all the people in between um, that work and all the actors and singers and performers and musicians we had live musicians that was amazing I couldn't even you know like uh, Todd Dunnigan came and played every night uh, for us um, and it was just spectacular how many so how many performances were there total and, and was it uh, refresh my memory it was around Christmas um, was it before and after Christmas or how did it go yep we opened the day after Thanksgiving and then uh, we had I think we did 11 total shows or 12 total shows, um, you know, evening shows with a couple different matinees over the course of the weeks. And then we closed on December 18th or 19th um, on a Sunday with a matinee. Um, and it was um, one of those runs that as we started, you know, you, you show up on we, the way that we ran it, we started our tech week on a Sunday and uh, you start tech and then you do a preview. We did our first preview on a Friday. Um, sort of terrifyingly, Friday was really the first time we'd really run it start to finish. <laughs> well, so In I heard, I mean, part of this was remarkable is that you turned it around really fast, right? Like mm -hmm. there wasn't a ton of rehearsal. It's like, here's this idea yeah. and we have to learn 32 songs go. We perform in a week and a half or something crazy, right? Yep, it was six weeks of rehearsal. Um, wow. So the actors got together um, and they had a pretty aggressive schedule. Uh, this is where uh, Brianna is the stage manager and Buffy is the director were um, troopers, um, you know, just really putting all those rehearsal schedules together. And then the, the matrix of trying to figure out how to schedule time with all of those people um, was really impressive. And uh, we worked with, you know, some some really great um, music directors and choreographers and, and to really bring that to life. But then when you bring that show, like you practice in your rehearsal space for five and a half weeks and then you show up at tech on the stage with the stuff, with costumes, with props, with curtains and things you haven't dealt with before. We threw a lot at the actors at the last minute. Um, it was a very, very fast process for a musical. Um, but everyone brought just their the right energy and, um, you know, they were open and willing and, you know, we didn't have anybody that really stood out and kind of made kind of like a bad spot. Like everybody just was so great to work with. Um, and then, you know, once we launched the show, it was a few terrifying days. Um, <laughs> you know, we were all really worried that we weren't going to be able to pull it together because it really was a lot of things. There's a lot of light cues. There were so many people on that stage and just so yeah. many different little changes of people moving on and yep. off. Yeah. And then you think like, even just like adding, like we just, you and I have two microphones. Um, there were eight microphones on people's heads that were mounted on their heads. And then we had, you know, microphones in the ceiling and on the floor to actually fill the space. And so, um, so Blake Green actually did live audio mixing for that show because you have to pull all those mics up and down and have them be live and hot and, and then out off as immediately as those actors are off the stage. 
Um, so he did just like miraculous work. Um, Chaz did miraculous work with all the lighting cues and all the transitions. And then just even just like calling the show, uh, Brianna called that show um, as our stage manager. And it was, it's a lot. It's, it's just like a, a lot of pieces came together. Um, we wouldn't have been able to do that show, I don't think, if we wouldn't have had, because we had such a history with each other, um, we could trust each other. So I, I just did my thing. And I trusted that the rest of the technical team was just doing their thing. And then the actors had space to work. And we all respected that space. And you don't, like, someone on the tech team doesn't, we don't give notes to the actors. The actors, you know, they come to each of us individually if they have specific things. Um, and it was, it really was a, a true trust fall as we went into that Friday show and just everybody brought so much greatness to the stage. And then once we did a couple of shows, people started hearing about it and miraculously we sold out the whole show. Um, we had a few, the few, the first few shows uh, were not sold out and then once sort of the word got out about what an experience was to be had at the VAC to see Priscilla, um, we just sold out the rest of the run. Um, that felt really great. And, um, you know, when you make something like that, when people have been so isolated and, and not, not depressed, but not, you know, they, we haven't really had an opportunity to come together in joy like that. Treefort certainly like gave us a taste of that, at least for me. Um, but for theater around the holidays, uh, this show just brought just like this, it was just a, a big present of positive space. And uh, people would walk out with just big smiles on their face and laughing and having a great time and just like kind of blown away that that train would sit down and then just the show would just take off. And just things are just happening one after the other after the other and you just come to the end of the two hours and you're like wow so much just happened i can't believe that all just happened in front of me wow <laughs> and then it's just so nice to be with all your friends in the vac when it's done yeah exactly yeah. such a special space to me it that really is just is. like a sacred place well so all the all the best shows I mean, so like the the old old timer shows. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen lots of good ones, but it's the the people. It's what makes it so special because uh, yeah, it's all community. Speaking totally. of community, so Treefort Ten. Yep. What are you really excited about? Have you spent any time? I've spent a little bit of time, but not a ton of time. Um, there's a lot of good names right off the bat, but who are you excited for? There are. Well, so when you look at, when you go to treefortmusicfest.com, um, you're going to see, you're going to see the lineup. At the top of the lineup are some pretty heavy hitters. Um, you know, some, some people that have been around for a long time, kind of like we were saying, like real, like people that have, they've got a, they've got a career under their belt. Um, Kim Gordon being one of them. Yeah. She, um, you know, she was with Sonic Youth for so many years and then has a whole career of her own. Uh, Guided by Voices and Mercury Rev. Like those are some really big bands that have been around for a while that are coming to play for us, which is really exciting. I think amongst the newer bands that I'm excited about, uh, at the very top of my list, I've got like three stars by it. Duran Jones and the Indications. Um, in my world, in my music space, uh, they just check all the boxes. Um, they do like funk, soul, disco kind of vibe. It's like kind of a throwback sound, but it's made right now kind of in that sweet spot like I play on tennis court disco. Um, you know, another artist in that same sort of vein is a, is a 
performer named Sincane. So, so good. Uh, a real fun band that's going to be real. Um, it's going to be that just it's going to bring the energy is March 4th. Um, that's a band. There's just like 10 people on stage. They play crazy music. It's kind of like a marching band band. And they just bring such a great excitement to the stage. Uh, Joshy Soul, sorry, I say his name funny. Joshy Soul, if you haven't seen him yet, uh, this would be your prime opportunity to see him perform. He's been to Boise a few times and he performed last Tree Fort. But, and I did not get to see that show, but oh my gosh, lots of people told me about it. Um, you know, there's uh, Magdalena Bay and Sunshine Jones, and like you mentioned, Carolyn Rose, um, Genesis Asuwu is somebody that I'm also really interested in. Um, and then there's this other category of music, right? So that's like up-tempo, good energy, like it's just going to make you feel really happy. Then there's all this other stuff to explore, um, particularly a man who was going to come at the tree port that got canceled, did not come in September, but is coming back in March. Uh, William Bazinski, he does these really beautiful sort of classical environmental um, this real experimental landscape sounds. It is something that I personally am absolutely looking forward to. It's not gonna be one of those shows that you're gonna stand up and dance and, and, and smile and put your arms around your friends. We're gonna be probably sitting and taking it in and just letting it sort of fill the space and just be in existence around William Bazinski. I'm stoked about that. Um, that is a he's a he's someone that um, you can hear on Brian Rushton's show. Uh, Brian Rushton does a show called Strange Feeling every Monday from noon to three on Radio Boise. And oh my gosh, I um, I think we're all in for a really big treat with William Bazinski. Um, there's also you know some of the indie bands that uh, that we know that are coming up that are really popular right now. Uh, Men I Trust and Gossbabe and Snail Mail. Those are some indie indie bands that are just like checking all the boxes. Um, lots of the lots of the DJs at the station that are that really are interested in digging up and, and presenting new indie are really into them. Their new stuff is really good. I got to play some of that music when I was up for Frigator for Awesome because that's where that fits. Um, there's some sort of local bands that I'm interested in. Lots, I mean, when you when you scroll down, you're gonna see a lot of bands that are from the, this area, the Pacific Northwest and particularly um, Boise, the Treasure Valley and around here. Um, you know, some of my favorites, uh, Eleven and Jason D, um, is local hip hop crew. They do sort of a, uh, a boom bop kind of like um, boom bap, boom bap, boom bap. That's what I was trying to say, boom bap sort of style. Um, uh, Jason D does the show, the rec show at Radio Boise, and they've just been really like leading the local hip hop scene in sort of quality and professionalism. And they're playing, uh, Nick Delft is playing. He kind of also has a real emotional vibe to his music, which I'm excited about. Uh, the Simplots, Mr. Grant Olson, uh, The French Tips, uh, Built to Spill is actually playing again. Um, they're local hometown heroes. Um, I, I treasure every show of Built to Spill that I've gotten to see. So if, uh, if anyone's listening to this podcast and has never seen Bill, Bill they probably should just go see them at Treeport because it's pretty much required. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Do you have a, how long have you been watching Built to Spill? Oh my gosh. Um, well, uh, I'm not a young person anymore. I like to think of myself as a young person, but I am a middle-aged person. 
but when I was in high school, they played a show at a venue downtown called the Crazy Horse. Uh, it used to be down on like like fifteenth um, and Main ish area, um, and Crazy Horse was where you would go to see punk bands and all kinds of stuff. And it was an all ages club. And I went as a seventeen year old to see them. I thought I was like. I was kind of terrified. I grew up in the West Boise. I, you know, think of myself I, at the time I was, um, was like, I, you know, I'm going down there. I'm going to be cool. I can totally do this. But I was, you know, nervous. I wasn't, I wasn't a cool kid. I was just a somebody, I was just a 17 year old girl from West Boise who didn't know that many people that at that show, but uh, went to see them and just blew my mind how good they were uh, and how much I was going to be loving exploring the Boise music scene. Um, it was one of those shows where um, you just, I will forever remember sort of that grimy stage. It was kind of a grimy <laughs> stage. Yeah. There were these, like, it was not a high class bar by any means, but it was where all the music was happening at the time. Was and, it before uh, the Neurolux, the, the crazy horse, Alan Ireland's crazy horse? Yep. This was prior to the Neurolux being a thing. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was wild. It was a good and time. Neuralux wasn't long to follow after that time, though. Yeah. They, Built to Spill did a free show at the Neuralux. It, it was, um, it's like, wasn't publicized, but it was during the Riverfest. There was, like, oh my gosh. I don't know why that, but that's my, my Built to Spill memory of, so it's like, you had to know that the show was happening, but then to getting there, you're driving through all these different firework things. Like, yeah, everyone, yeah, so, you know, everyone's out for something, and it's like, here's where the here's where the cool people are. For yeah, you know, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> that was so cool. Did you actually see? Speaking of the Riverfest, did you see the floats on the river? Yes, and I thought like <laughs> the, it's so awesome from a like an idea standpoint but like in in reality it's like what a horrible idea you know in yeah. the dark on the river and <laughs> you have musicians on floats going down the river and they're having to lower the floats to go under the bridges and things and yeah it was quite an adventure i remember thinking a similar thing like what is this thing cool but wow i'm so i'm glad they changed it i'm glad it's not on the river anymore uh, but it was awesome. I'm glad we all got to share that in that weirdness for a bit. That was a long time ago. <laughs> it was, yeah. I, yeah, I think one of my last, uh, like I saw Chris Isaac at the Riverfest. Yeah, free. did you see? I did too, in that disco suit, that yeah. disco ball suit. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, I remember being very, um, very impressed by his disco ball suit, which was just a <laughs> jacket and pants covered with little silver tiles that just reflected the light like crazy that was amazing yeah i'm i'm looking forward to nation of language actually um Ooh. uh it, so they're somebody that was i listened to a little bit of kxp now and again and they were getting a ton of airplay there um and so I'm real curious to see what they're going to do at Treefort. So that's one of the yeah. ones I'm looking for. And then another one What's is your highlights? Yeah. Indigo D'Souza? Suzu. I don't know how to say her name. I'm curious about her. And then Typhoon, of course, is yeah. they're kind of like a hometown act a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
They're so good. I always want to see them every time I get the opportunity. Quasi's coming back, and I've seen them a couple times, and that's always a good time. I know. Um, they are definitely, like, they they were in that early, like, when, when um, you know, when, when indie rock was really popping off here in the Northwest, um, Quasi came through town a couple times, and I just thought their, their music was so good, and their performances were so great. I think they're from Seattle. They Is might be Olympia. Olympia, yeah, somewhere in the Northwest. Yeah. They're great. They, yeah, they are great. And then I love uh, the Shivas. I saw them a bunch of times at the last tree fort. And so um, I look for, I, I was looking at the posters and I didn't realize, but they played the first one too. So they've been playing tree fort for a very long time. Oh my and God. Been making lots of, lots of great music for a long time. Totally. Well, I think this is what I think what what you can really know about Tree Fort is that like the bands that I listed are sort of that I shared is that you shared there. We, we each have our own kind of vibe and we each have our own kind of thing that we're interested in. When Tree Fort pops off, there's like over the course of the week, like 400 more or more bands that play simultaneously at different venues. And we each have to navigate our way through that list and figure out what music resonates with us uh where our people are going to be i think there's um you know when you think about you know the topic of your show is sort of your sync idea one of the magic things that's happened for me is when i find sync with people at tree fort where i'm just you know i'm going to go to the shows that i think i'm interested in sometimes i make exceptions where i'll like go to a show with a friend who wants to go to that show and i'm like well if i don't have anything else i'll go with that i'll go to that show I tend to always like those shows, but they're not on my own schedule. But what I love is when I like follow my own path and then see the same people or see similar people in that same in that same zone. And um, it's so fun to like know that there's everybody's out there exploring. And then when you find the music path, like you're you're following the crumbs to all of these different bands and you end up seeing the same people or similar people at those shows. Um, you just know that you're really in sync with those people. Um, it's a really magical experience I've found um, to just sort of let that happen, to not over plan it, to not try to like force a bunch of people to go to one, any one show, but just to be there and you're just like, oh, we've all, we're all here. That was like that Kate, um, Kate Tempest show. Like it felt like that, like all of a sudden, like I just went to that show and then just like all the people were there. I was like, yes, we all know to come to this show <laughs> right here. <laughs> Well, that was 42 Minutes. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Thank you. You bet. You've been listening to Windy Fox in 42 Minutes. For more information about Tennis Court Disco, visit RadioBoise.org, and we'll link to that. For more information about the Sync Book, our guests, to check out past shows, or just subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please visit our website at thesyncbook.com. If you're interested in preparing for Tree Fort number 10, which happens March 23rd through the 27th in beautiful downtown Boise. Visit treefortmusicfest.com. If you like this podcast, check out others. Currently, all the SyncBook radio archives are free, including 10 years of past Treefort shows. All you have to do is type into the search Treefort, and all those shows will pop up, including one from Magic Sword many, many years ago that cracks me up every time I listen to it. All this and more can be found at thesyncbook.com. Thanks so much, and see you out there this spring.
See, they could be braided in different ways.